Rid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Monday, October 28th. I know what you're thinking. <clears throat> Excuse me, that we're coming to you a day late. Like, like Landon said, we celebrated too hard. That was it. A little too hard. <clears throat> we, um, I actually, I think South Carolina fans would be surprised because, you know, they think they're hot stuff thinking that we spent a ton of time celebrating. No. We enjoyed the victory. 24 hours. We're on to UAB. Yeah. We're not thinking about you that hard. Don't flatter yourselves. We got to talk about it today. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, then we're done. <laughs> then we're done. But we were talking about it. We're not celebrating anymore. We're yeah. moving on. We're just yeah. talking about it. We're I mean, recapping. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on this cap just because. <laughs> Landon will don the victory cap, of yep. course. Just because it's it's necessary. Yeah, you won. Right. You, you got to wear the vic- victory cap. It necessarily sell it. It necessarily. Obviously, it can be a celebratory thing, but it doesn't have to be. Right. So, um, but yeah, we're, yeah, South Carolina fans are flattering themselves on Twitter. Like, oh, Tennessee celebrating a national championship. No, we're just celebrating a a good old fashioned ass whooping. That's it. Yeah. Just like nothing else. How long we heard about, they beat Georgia. We're still hearing about it for far too long. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't flatter yourselves too much. Um, it's Halloween week. You excited? No, no, you don't care. Well, I mean, it's weird because last year we got, some candy. We got excited. It's our new house, and we had two trick or treaters. <laughs> they came at the same time. It's pretty fun. You got to eat so, all the candy. Actually, no. I think I ate most of it. So, do you? Th- I was talking about this today. Do you think dentists like <laughs> this holiday or dislike yeah. it? <clears throat> uh, I mean, they make money off of it, so they yeah. Work. But they have to work too. They make money. They make more. <laughs> they make money. They're fine. It's they'll worth be, it. It's worth. It's worth the work. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Guys, before we really get into the podcast, I'm going to tell you about my friends at MyBookie. As a true football fan, you already know just as sure as the season change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, we all do, don't we? Try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. 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 Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? Head on over to MyBookie, guys. They're the best bet. Best part is if you join now, MyBookie will double, you heard me right, double your first deposit. You put in a thousand dollars, or yeah, sorry. If they put in, if you put in a thousand dollars, they'll give you a thousand dollars. It's that simple. That's double your initial deposit, so you can use it on all your favorite picks. Here's the catch: you've got to use the promo code Chair. You need that promo code C H A I R to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Don't wait any longer. Head to mybookie now. Double that cash with the promo code Chair, not Armchair. I know that'll confuse you. Chair. Chair. Get paid. Chair. Chair. Get paid today. Start making some money. And um, if you want to toss some money our way, we'll take it. Right. Win yeah. the money, toss it back. You know, a little kickback. Never turn down money. No. No. Money, 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 money. Absolutely not. I I, I will, you know, I tell South Carolina fans I'm not. I'm not even, know, like when I say this, I'm not, obviously I'm happy about the win. I'm more happy about the feeling of, Beating the piss out of an SEC team. In the second half. When's the last time Tennessee's been a second half team that you can remember? 16. Were they a second half team though then? 
Yeah, because I guess we, they were. Yeah, because fifteen, fifteen were the first half teams. Yeah. The sixteen were the second half team. And then we weren't a second half of the season team in sixteen, though. No, we were not. We weren't. And that that you know that's that's why I'm like, I do want to know this. This is one thing I want to ask. So all you Jeremy Pruitt. I don't know if haters is the right word, but I guess I guess haters. That one him gone after the Georgia State and BYU loss, which I didn't want him gone, but I can kind of understand to an extent where you're coming. To an extent. Some of you guys went over the top, but I understand to an extent why you'd want him gone. Right. Where are you at now on him? And I'm not being sarcastic. I just want to know. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Leave them in the comments. Let us know. I'm just curious because I've always been, I think we're trending in the right direction. I'm feeling good about us. And even now, I'm not like, he's the guy. Let's look at the realistic picture of it. You've only won three games this season. Yeah. You've got four more games, and only one of those is a guaranteed win. After the Georgia State game, you can't even say that. Yeah. So, you've got three more wins to get bowl eligible. And even getting bowl eligible this year, I mean, yeah, it's a feat. And, you know, good on our team, good on our coaching staff for doing it. But, you know, it's not where you should be necessarily. After, you know, going into the season, you, you should have been better. You should have beat Georgia State. A- after the BYU game, you say you should have beat BYU. I- I'm just curious how the how people who are completely out on Pruitt, how they feel now. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he's gotten people at least one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'm both feet in. But yeah. I'm definitely not like he's the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's looking, especially if you look at the last three games, he's looking more and more like the guy. Absolutely. I love the way this team's playing. That's one thing I don't want to be overlooked is, man, you got it. You you got to be proud of this team. Oh, yeah. you got to be proud of this team. I mean, yeah, three wins isn't ideal, but what they had to do to get to number two and number three win, they had to fight hard. Yeah. And then look at this last game. They're down to their third-string quarterback by the end of the game. And he's balling out. And, I mean, if you then listen to this podcast for a while, you you know that last season I said I thought Shrout was the most talented quarterback on this roster. With If Mauer's out, I still think that. I don't know if Mauer's healthy. I, I don't know where I stand on most talented. But, I you know, I think he's the, the better. And that, that doesn't mean I don't think JG deserves a shot. That's another thing I want to say. Credit to JG. I mean, he made mistakes. He hadn't looked good this season. He has a detrimental end to this last game. And then he comes out and responds and plays great. I have no knocks on him for this game. Now, I'm not saying he's an incredible quarterback now. Do not mishear me when I say that. But he responded well and played well, and he deserves credit for that. Yeah. He's another guy I'm proud of because he blocked out all that noise. I said he shouldn't start. Hmm? And, he, I mean, I guess he didn't start, but comes in for the first half. His, the game plan game. was to play JG yes. more than JT Shroud. JT Shroud started. So, when JG came did in. Juwan Jennings start? Yeah, Juwan Jennings started. <laughs> But they announced JT right. as a starting quarterback. Right. So once, you know, JT did fine, mm-hmm. and he came out. But the the plan was for – that was Garantano's game. Absolutely. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Like, you're absolutely right. I, you know, but, yeah, what a turnaround. Because everybody was saying, you know, where – the biggest question going into this game was where is JG mentally? Mm-hmm. Uh, after the heat he took from the fan base, the media, you know, he had a – apologize to the players, the coaches, so, you know, they weren't behind it either. Right. So, you know, where was he at mentally? I think that's that's huge for him to overcome that and, and play a great game. Yeah, he, he played great. You, you cannot knock the kid, especially when you consider not only did he play great, but he responded well too. And he had to make a couple tough throws. Um, you know, 
he had his water shit. You know, Callaway makes a great player, though, on a deep... You know, plays like that, he had help along the way, but still had to come out and play really well. And he did. But the team as a whole... And, man, I don't know how you felt after the opening play from scrimmage. Whew. I was like, what kind of day is this about to be? Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's something we talked about on Wednesday night, previous, you know, prior to the game. Sorry, prior to the game, about how our DBs get caught looking into the backfield too much. Opening play, gets caught on a play action. I'm like, what kind of day are we set to have? Yeah, that was just a terrible angle by Nigel Warrior. <clears throat> and, and then the linebackers didn't get depth on that as well. Jalen um, McCullough let what it looked like his guy go untouched. I mean – there were several people you look at. Yeah, the linebackers were not where they should have been either. It was not a good play all around defensively. No. And even the offense, the the next drive, tries to respond in a couple plays. And, like, I'm not saying – they didn't go three and out. No. Um, and they even had a Juwan Jennings pass go for what would have been, I think, on the other side of the 50. Mm-hmm. And gets called back because Brandon Kennedy gets downfield too fast. And I don't know. He just wasn't aware of what was going on in the play because, you know – Plenty of time had passed by that he would probably think it's either been scrambled or yeah. thrown away or something. So I went and watched that play. Yeah, he was easy, like, yeah. yards down the field. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? It, then I realized, I mean, Juwan Jennings did hold on to the ball for long because uh, South Carolina did a pretty good job of covering the play. Yep. Marcos Callaway just made a phenomenal play. So Was it senior night? <laughs> because we played like it. It must have been. Did you hear, so speaking of Juwan Jennings, did you – I don't know if I remember. I thought I remember listening to the whole rant after he got kicked off the team by Brady Hope. Did you, did you see the video somebody posted today? Yeah, I did see that. He's like, I hate Vanderbilt. I hate him with a passion. Oh, yeah, you didn't like, see that part? That's my – I just don't remember it. Like, oh, okay. Because me, as sense. someone who despises Vanderbilt, I'm like, oh, man, that's my quarterback. <laughs> that's what... Dude, build that man a statue. Yes. Name a freaking road after him. Do something. I right. mean, that that dude is given his – like, we talk about give your all for Tennessee. He is truly – been an ambassador and gave his all for Tennessee. Absolutely, hundred percent. And two and, years ago, we tried to kick him off. Yeah, and and that's a dumb mistake. After it's a dumb mistake to kick him off because it was obvious whatever he was doing, he was trying to play coming off an injury, mm-hmm. and maybe he was arguing with the training staff too. I don't, I, I don't know what all was behind it, but it's obvious he was not seen eye to eye. The rumor is he wanted to play quarterback. I think he even said that, didn't he? Yeah, uh, and and he probably deserved to be playing quarterback that year for against Vanderbilt, and you know, probably got emotional. And in the middle of practice, the coaching staff decides that's the time to – you don't kick him out of practice, you kick him off the team. Or I guess they kick him out of practice and then kick him off the team. Yeah. But you're going to kick an emotional guy, especially this day and age with social media, cell phones and all that. You kick him completely out of practice. An emotional guy like Juwan Jennings, probably not a good idea. But he gets the second – best players too. Yeah. Gets a second chance, responds really well, like Jeremy Pruitt mentioned today. Um, that's awesome to see. Another shout-out – I'm, I'm going to give some the team more shout-outs in a second, but – 87,000 was the official attendance, and it was freaking rocking. Yeah. Let's get I mean, what a freaking atmosphere. Let's get 13,000 more in there, 15,000 more in there. Turn it up. Well, I mean, it's going to be – I know it's Vanderbilt, and it's probably going to be cold. But first off, we haven't been Vanderbilt in, what, three years? hmm Show up. 102,000. Loud. Yeah, I think especially <clears throat> we knock off UAB – you take care of business with Missouri and Kentucky. I, th- I think the biggest question mark for me right now is: Tim, can this team go on the road and win a game? Oh yeah, it's at, I mean, you got that, that's that that's done. my biggest question right now. Can they respond? And they've done a great job, especially in this game. Responded well, right? Players responded well. The team responded well from that first play. Can they go and and win um, on the road? Yeah, 
That, that's my biggest thing. But I, I, if you do take care of business, then Vanderbilt is there and, like, pack that place. Yeah, and you're going to get Kentucky and Missouri on the road, both and Vanderbilt when you consider it home, probably UAB too. You're going to get their best shots. You're mm-hmm. a team that's seeing momentum. You're hot. And these teams are all fighting to be bowl eligible, well, besides Missouri, are all fighting to be bowl eligible too. I guess Vanderbilt's out, but they might. Depending Is on what Missouri they do. Missouri still fighting too? Well, they're they're not postseason eligible. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so you're right. Sorry. But you know, Missouri's looking to respond. They've dropped a game to Vanderbilt and dropped a game to Missouri, or Kentucky. Uh, they'll be looking to respond. I don't know who they have in the upcoming weeks, but I think they have. They play Florida, I think, right, or yeah. Florida and Georgia right before us. Okay, so they might be beat down. It's even more reason for them to respond. You look at Kelly Bryan, who came to Missouri. He, you know, he was ready to weather the storm that was the postseason ban and still expecting to have a great season, and it just hadn't been that way. They'll look to take advantage of a Tennessee team that's we we played really good against South Carolina. We played really good against Mississippi State. We played pretty good against Alabama, a team that's rolling. But we we know that we're not great because we know we're not deep. We know – I know our quarterbacks played great this week. They did. But that doesn't mean they're going to play great next week. But they're, neither of those guys and Brian Maurer are proven guys yet. Yeah. They've had good games, but they're not proven guys yet. So, that's a win on Missouri's schedule that they can get. So, you're going to get a good shot from them. And same for Kentucky and same for Vanderbilt. And I, I same for you, UAB, whose defense is ranked fifth. I know their opponent schedule. Yeah. But they're good. I mean, they're, you, you still got to play good at some point, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you have to show up. You, each yeah. of these games, you have to show up. You can't just cupcake. It's not right. You're not playing ETSU. You're not playing UTC. No teams like that are left on your schedule. Right. Um, so you got to come out and play. But my th- my thing with Missouri, do they check out knowing that they're not? And, and maybe that is at the end of this, Do they just check out? Kind of like we did. Yeah. Last year, they were just done with the season. It was, you know, we were fighting to be bowl eligible, but. It seemed I don't like think nobody, anybody really cares. Seems like nobody wanted to go to a bowl. Yeah, they wanted to get to next year. Right. You know, that was a big – I think that was an issue with the coaching staff. They were wanting to get to next oh, year. Oh, definitely. I mean, it was obviously a program as a whole problem. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I, I looking at this team, I wrote down a couple names <laughs> that I want to mention. Warrior, Schamberger, and Bennett on the – and Alante Taylor and Kenneth George on the defensive side of the ball. Not got – I mean, obviously, Batuli had a great game. Toto had a great game. Those are guys that usually don't get the recognition because Batuli's there in the stat sheet every week. Toto this year in the stat sheet every week. Daryl Taylor, now he had a coming out party, I think, this year, for this year. Yeah. Because, I mean, everybody's like, where is that? I think he's third team All-American, All-SEC. Yeah, something like that. And hadn't had that kind of year yet. And this game had two sacks. Two sacks, two big pass deflections yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, so One was on fourth down to – to stall South Carolina's drive. I mean, he had a huge game. Right. But those guys on the defensive side of the ball, especially <laughs> Schamberger, or not Schamberger, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, Schamberger. A guy that I haven't been bought into. He has a – did he get the sack or was it just a hurry? I think he got the sack. Came off the edge on a blitz. So, he hit, he hit a TFL. He hit okay. a tackle for loss. Okay, so, so he, hit the, he hit the running back. Okay, there. yeah. But a great blitz off the edge and then several good pass breakups. And then um, – couple really good tackles in open field that I, that's not the old Sean Chamber. That's the yep. new guy who's come out and really fixed his game and, and played really good football lately. Yeah, I thought I thought he played well as, as well. Um and then Warrior Warrior had a good game. Yeah, he did. You know, which I think he's been kind of trending in the right direction. Right. And then now it's just it's starting to it looks like he's getting starting to figure it out. Yeah, it looks like this whole defense is kind of it's like contagious. Mm. You know, first it, 
it was when Batuli came back, it was like this defense had a whole new swagger to it. Right. Um, the defensive line bought in. Nigel Warrior has played out of his mind the past three or four weeks. Mm. Um, you you said Alante Taylor. I thought Bryce Thompson played pretty mm. well. Um, Should have had a pick. I, I wrote down Alante Taylor and Kenneth George because uh, Kenneth George has been starting lately. I thought both of them played really, really well beyond what they've been playing. So I, I have That's a question why I about the, That's why I wrote those two Alante down. Taylor that I'll go ahead and mention real quick. Um, this is from Bradley Wells. He says, um, a bunch of guys and I have noticed Alante Taylor not getting as many reps on defense. Could you see him making the switch to receiver next season? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I don't think there's too much need a defensive back, and he's still number three. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's behind. He's been beat out by Kenneth George, but they're rotating. I think still he's still kind of in the doghouse a little bit, but he does come in the second half when you really need stops. Yeah. So I I think you know eventually we'll see him become more of that starter. Um, that we it's, saw last. It's year. certainly possible because uh, he he just gave a different kind of energy. Did you yeah. notice it in the game? I, I didn't. Mean, no, I didn't notice an energy. I noticed him and Kenneth George both. It's, you mentioned in the second half, especially in the second half, both of them making plays. Yeah, and, and competing. Obviously, they're not in the game at the same time, so that's they're essentially splitting reps and mm-hmm. still able to make those plays. That's that's why I wrote those names down. Um, you mentioned Bryce Thompson. I feel like that's you know the same reason I didn't write Batuli and Toto down. Those are guys that are making plays every game. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, let, let's just mention those guys real quick. So Jawan Jennings, seven receptions, 174 yards, two touchdowns. Daniel Batuli, 15 tackles, um, a tackle for loss, block punt, recovery for a touchdown. Darrell Taylor, two sacks, two pass deflections. Marquez Cowley, three receptions, 102 yards, one touchdown, and a punt return for a touchdown. And then I've also, I had Kevon Bennett, J.T. Shroud, um, and J.G. was 11 for 19, 229 yards and two touchdowns. Those are some, I mean, I, again, great game. And, and another guy, and, like, and he was awarded today, and that was Brandon Kennedy. Um, and I, everybody was like, oh, I didn't really notice. And, and you're not going to notice because no. no one, they didn't get a sack. You, you typically notice the offensive line as a whole. Yeah. And, and they played great. And that was, yeah, that's something I was going to mention later. We can go ahead and talk about it. Well, well, we'll talk. We'll get into it later in terms of because I want to talk about it. Break down the tweet about them being better at every position, and we will in a second. But yeah, the the offensive line played really well, which definitely helps suffocate that front seven. That's good. We know they're good. We recognize that on Wednesday. Yeah, Javon Kinlaw is. I think I, I saw the graphic. It was like he's the number. Uh, he's a thirty second overall prospect in this upcoming NFL draft by Todd McShay, and had one tackle. Wow. There, and there were a lot of times that, um, yeah, I don't know what their final stat. I didn't look at it. Tackles for a loss. I don't know what their final stat was. It wasn't high. And there were a couple plays that, you know, could have probably been tackles for a loss, but it was only one guy meeting our running back at the line of scrimmage. Our running back was able to get that yard mm-hmm. where it wasn't. It, so our offensive line did a really good job of, of picking up their blocks and staying on their blocks and make, you know, if the running back was having to make someone miss at the line, it wasn't two, three guys. It was one guy. And, and that's – a lot easier to do than fighting someone off in the backfield. Yeah, I think they're doing a good job as playing as a unit and not like each individual mm-hmm. individual positions. Um, you know, if you notice the tight ends, they had a great game blocking. Yeah, both of them. Did, yeah, both of them didn't catch a pass, but they did a great job blocking. Um, I think – Dominic Wood Anderson probably does if he doesn't get held in the end zone mm-hmm. on the fourth and one. Yeah, Jennings, Jennings had a, a play that he, he 
bounced it outside, and and Tim Jordan was his lead blocker, mm-hmm. and he went and pancaked somebody. Yeah. So I mean, they're playing it. They're playing as one. You know, it's not just oh, did the offensive line play well? Did the wide receivers play well? The whole offense played well. Absolutely, it took the offensive line that really that touchdown pass to Callaway, really good throw from Trout. That depends on your offensive line blocking really well, and they did. Yeah, especially that right tackle. Like mm-hmm. if he if he doesn't, Trout's probably out of the game too if yeah. if he doesn't get his block. Yeah. So yeah, the, the offensive line definitely definitely played great, and they have the the last three weeks. It goes into what you know, and we played. It's not a coincidence we played good the last three weeks, and that they played good mm-hmm. like that position group. We ever again every single former Tennessee football player we've had on here. Where's the game one? They, they might be a running back, a wide receiver. I don't think we've had any big men on, and they mm-hmm. all say this. You know, they all say the same thing. It's one in the trenches. Yep. They know that their position is secondary to that. It's one in the trenches. Yep. It's yeah. our, it and starts think, and ends there. I think this coaching staff deserves a lot of credit, um, especially Jim Chaney. I feel like he earned his money <laughs> yes. in this game um, with two backup quarterbacks. I, I don't know about his money. He's earned some money. He's got a lot of money on the table. I need, yeah. to, earn, I need to earn it the next four weeks. Yeah, I mean, and he'll, next year. he'll earn it. But, like, <laughs> your your investment, it, it, lo- it looked like a, a good return on investment. Great game plan yesterday yeah. or Saturday. Because the, those quarterbacks, I'm, especially JT, uh, I'm sure, like, he was, you know, his – Stomach was fluttering. You yeah. know, there was there was some butterflies in that there. That was an electric game. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it wasn't – it was a rowdy crowd. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of times on offense where – that we were on offense that it was still buzzing and really loud just because yeah. people were excited what was going on. So, it was not – it couldn't have been super easy for our offense to communicate and make stuff happen either. And yeah. that's – I'm not – again, I'm not knocking our crowd. You have 100,000 people, 87,000 people there that are really excited. It's going to be loud – the whole time. That's how mm-hmm. it goes. Yeah, I, th- I thought, man, that atmosphere is electric. It was awesome. My favorite moment, fan-wise, in that game. Well, I'll take it back because the KPD tweets were awesome. The, where you could just very noticeably hear what we were saying or chanting. But the um, the th- downs in the – South Carolina was coming out of the north end zone, and they had to reset the play clock. And they couldn't get it reset because the announcer couldn't. So it ended up being the crowd cheered for like a minute and a half. Yep. At an absolutely deafening, you know, pitch. Like it was just the, loud. The ref, you suck. And someone, <laughs> that was awesome too. Someone made the joke, like, I think it was Jesse's, like, I thought they were waiting for us to quiet down. And like, that was not going to happen. No. So they would have waited a while. It, it's Neyland, Neyland has been an easy environment to win in over the last 10 years. If our team plays anything like that and our fans act anything like that, it is going to go back to that place that teams do not want to visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and right now, there's agree. not going to be a team in the world that goes, Neyland's tough to play in because it hadn't been. Mm-hmm. It hadn't been. And, I'm sure South Carolina's thinking it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're no, they don't want to come back. Uh, stand, I mean, just applaud each. I mean, the players that, that made the plays happen that were able to, you know, able to get the crowd going that way and the crowd for. It would have been easy to check out after that first play. It would yep. have been easy to. Uh, I thought JT Shroud came in and did a good job. I think Jim Chaney had a game plan to kind of get him in a groove, do some, mm-hmm. you know, short throws and and get him comfortable where he's able to make that bomb later right. on in the game. So, uh, I thought I thought that was. Huge. I like that with JG. We we threw more over the middle. Yeah, I mean those those throws. Obviously, you got to get the right looks from the defense, and you know you got to set up those plays. But they're easier throws to make than. Well, South you know. Carolina messed up. They put a kid, uh, Jamie Robinson, who almost went to Tennessee, 
a true freshman, put him on Juwan Jennings, and Juwan Jennings freaking abused Absolutely him. bullied him. Which, it does go to show how bad South Carolina is at tackling. Maybe, maybe it just goes to show how good Najee Harris and uh, Juwan Jennings are. But, I mean, they couldn't bring – it took third and fourth tackles to bring Juwan Jennings down. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't remember them bringing him down with one – other than the touchdown, <laughs> which he was already going to the ground, uh, bringing him down with one one person. So. Oh, I don't think so either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm i just – I'm trying to picture – I'm running through all his I catches. think he only touched the ground like a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, usually he's like – he's breaking tackles, breaking tackles until like there's a big pile and yeah. he's still up and they blow the whistle <laughs> they blow or they like push him out of bounds. Right. That's the only time you stop playing with Jawan Jennings mm-hmm. as a football. Absolutely. Um, officiating still down. sucks. Man. I, I've got that written down. Refs still suck. <laughs> they suck and, and you know man. there were a couple plays I was really mad about the Mauer non first down. I think they got it right. In fairness, I also think it was a lot closer than the ref. The what? The Mauer? Mauer? Sorry, Shroud. Oh, non first oh, yeah, down. Yeah. I think they got it right, but I think it was a lot closer than they spotted the ball to. Mm-hmm. Like it, I think they spotted it a yard behind where it should have been, which puts it like right at the first down marker. Oh, Pruitt lit into him, dude. You can hear it on the broadcast. Oh Listen. yeah. He tells he said, "Bring your effing ass here" or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh shoot!" Yeah, it was yeah. And then yeah, I, I rewatched the game last night, and yeah, that was one I was like, "Oh." I hadn't quite finished it. I think I'm a little bit past that point. Which my my initial reaction was like, "You got to pick up that first down." And I think he thought he had the ball across. In in fairness, sort of to him, I agree with you. Like you got to make sure you actually yeah, get there. You got to get it. But yeah, I you know. He definitely thought he had a better look at it than, than mm-hmm. it was. And they did miss a bad uh, holding call on Jameer Johnson. Was it Jameer Johnson? Pretty much tackled the guy out of bounds. Oh, nice. And tore his helmet off. He, I mean, he's so long. He, Jameer Johnson falls down like this and slings him out of bounds, and his dude's helmet falls off. Easy holding call. I, I, I don't know how they miss it. But then, you know, they miss plenty of PIs, face mask. God, that face mask was the worst thing Easy I've ever calls. seen in my life. Easy calls. You had the line judge just, he was like, me to you. Yeah. I can tell you right now, after the way Jeremy Pruitt acted that game, there's not going to be a line judge in the country that wants to work at a Tennessee game because oh, they're no. afraid to be on his side. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe that's that could be a good thing or could, a bad thing. could be a good thing. <clears throat> I mean, uh, I will say this. Jeremy Pruitt's – a lot of people were upset. Not a lot of people. A few people on Facebook mainly were upset about his uh, personal foul penalty on sports line conduct. First off, if you're going to get it, might as well earn it there. They only got like four yards from it because it was half the distance. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Second off – that's, a, I feel like, a great time to stick up for your player. Like, you got to pick and choose when to stand up for your player, and I feel like you chose the right time. Yeah, so I have a quote that he said during that. He says, he was talking about Darrell Taylor and the targeting penalty. He said, I don't know. I asked the same question. I got a 15-yard penalty. We probably would have held him if I kept my mouth shut, but I'm going to stick up for my players. I guarantee that. I mean, dude, that's – Yeah. That, that quote right there is what – this team is buying into. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He is, you know, he's got their back. They've got his back. Um, and it's definitely shown you, you mentioned the energy on the field mm-hmm. and it's got that just team football energy feel. I think you mentioned like week two or three, how we just were not rallying to the football. Like mm-hmm. it did, you know, and you, you open yourself to a lot of trouble when you don't do that. Yep. They've been doing that lately. There were so many plays last night where we had 10, you know, Eight, nine, ten, eleven guys at the football every every down, and that's huge. And that shows team again, team football, effort football. That's going to win you some games. And I think it's a lot of flexibility too with this coaching staff saying that you know if something's not working, they're just going to go away from. It. Right. They're not going to keep pounding it and pounding it 
if it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so making adjustments, especially in the second half, I mean, South Carolina was up. They had 21 points at half. That was another thing I was going to say about the crowd. The way we finished out the half, I could understand checking out then, too. And we didn't. Yep. I mean, a shutout in the second the half. The team did. 24 unanswered points. And I think the name of the game was explosive plays. Yeah. Um, eight completions over 19 yards. Who's that? Sorry. Hold eight completions over 19 yards. Oh, yeah. No, that that was the most 20-yard-plus 20 20 plays since, like, I can't remember how long. Maybe 16? Crazy. I don't know. I was watching the game, and they, they mentioned it. Like, in the third quarter, we had already surpassed that point. Yep. So. Um, what about Pruitt going to Gus's? Loved it, man. Love it. That's my – first off, he got French fries. You got to get cheese beans, my guy. We got his, that's what his wife wanted. Especially for a pregnant wife. She would, I'm telling you, she would love. Is she pregnant? Fry. Yeah, six months pregnant. Oh. I was trying to figure out. Six months wasn't enough time. That would have been May. But I was like, I wonder what, what happened that. I thought maybe it was a naughty got Big Jim Chaney. He was like, let's celebrate, baby. <laughs> Thinking of Big Jim? Yeah. Oh, God. Absolutely. I don't know about that. <laughs> Somebody tweeted, I, I kind of hope it's true. I'm sure it's not. Someone was like, Jim Chaney has his own elevator in Neyland. <laughs> Oh, dude, like, he was on the field quick. I was like, I'm sure they got it. They uh, got it installed his first time around because he was a big dude then. Yeah, you you got to try to limit the strain on the on the elevator cables. You got to change them out every, every couple <laughs> every games. Game, every game, you got to change them out. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, I'd I'd say I'd pick up. I'd definitely pick up Jeremy Pruitt's tab at Gus's. I, I don't think I'd pick up Jim Chaney's chat tab mm. at Gus's. Mm-hmm. I love you, Jim, but that's a that might be a month's month's work. Yeah, one of my favorite moments of the game was Trey Smith and a cowboy hat. That's pretty. That's good. That's apparently awesome. it was the same cowboy hat that Bowden wore in the video too. I saw that. So that's interesting. Good. Oh, and friends, friends in low places is that the tradition? Because that's freaking uh, awesome. Here's my thing: if we went out, or if we even get bowl eligible, you have to keep playing it. Like yeah. you, next year, don't care if Garth Brooks ain't coming. You got to play. It. You got to. He's got to come back <laughs> every, every November. <laughs> yeah, every November, get that. Bring it back. back. Well, we'll sell it out. So, I mean, it's just money for him. He's exactly. just got to sing a little bit. Exactly. We need to get him, like, I'm sure. On the podcast? On the Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, me or uh, the Proud of the Southlands have, like, Charlie Daniels. Now you got to get Garth Brooks. Garth, baby. Garth. We're going to – we talked about how much fun it would be to tell you at that concert. We might do it. That would be fun. It would be awesome. It's also funny to watch the Jumbotron because you get, like – they do like the student section, and half of them don't know the song, and they're just like trying to mouth. Some do, but some have no clue what's going on. Sad. Yeah. You got to know Garth. If you don't know Garth, you just got to know that song. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Then you know Garth. Yeah, exactly. That's the only <laughs> song you need to know. Absolutely. And uh, if you don't have a beer, get you a beer. That'll. You can't bring whiskey into the stadium. I, you, you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, man, that game was fun. It was. I had a great time, especially watching the South Carolina fans in front of me who were being just jackasses leave. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, see you guys." And then he's Bye. like, "You, I have." See, here's the thing. And if you come and like talk to me, and I'm just like sitting there, like, and I maybe don't look like I'm having fun. I have resting bitch face, like really bad. Ooh, like I, you know, I, if I'm standing there and like nothing's going on, I'm definitely just 
staring off yeah, into my wife thinking. is always asking me what's wrong we won i'm like i'm just thinking like I'm just, yeah i'm just, just sitting here i'm a thinker man so south carolina fans walk walk by me talking trash and like why are you are you mad are you mad i'm like we're up by 10 i'm in a great mood <laughs> i was like what do you mean yeah but like every tennessee fan is on the edge of their seat because they know how yeah. fast that 10 point lead that's can what, diminish that's, what I, that's why i probably look sad i'm sitting there thinking about all the 10 point leads we've lost in the last yeah. couple of years yeah how, how fast could this happen mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm over here, like, counting down the clock in, like, increments. If we can just stop them from, like, scoring with three minutes left, I think we We're can good. run it out. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the block punt. Man, a block punt. Dude, you said it. I'll give my man Caleb credit. I'm, I'm telling you, dude. He called it special teams. General Nealon was a genius. I'm just following his maxims. The special teams where the breaks are made. I mean, those two touchdowns literally flipped the entire game. Yeah. Especially the momentum of the game. Because you look at Callaway's, we failed fourth and one on the one-yard line. Yep. And we're on the two-yard line. We need we could have gotten a first down, right? No, I don't think we so. We could have. Okay, so we needed the touchdown. Yeah, we did need You're right. We needed yep. a touchdown. Fourth and one on the one and get stopped. I mean, I know our offense is feeling deflated. Then Callaway gets that touchdown, we're right back up. We're good. Yep. I think that was a big changing point for our defense, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Play, plays for South Carolina started – they did score after that, but they, they became harder to come by for, for South Carolina. Yeah, I, th- I think we were tired too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Needed, needed just a little energy boost. We started doing the sniffing salts on the sideline. Yeah, all, all the defensive linemen, they saw Callaway, they're like, that's awesome, but crap. <laughs> I got to go the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I also mentioned – I know we hated the Darryl, Darrell Middleton uh, targeting. I mean, look, it's textbook targeting. I don't disagree. And it sucks because, like, what else can he do? Yeah, he's 6'7". Like, like, he tried to get low. Yeah. That's why he hit him in the chin. He tried. But it is, like, it's how the rule book's written. It sucks. I'm mad about the roughing the passer call that led to the targeting penalty. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why they went and reviewed it. Otherwise, it probably gets picked up. Like, it's not roughing the passer. Yeah. He hit him right as the ball was released. In fact, I think he tried to swat the ball as he jumped to him. So, it is what it is. Uh, but I think Holinsky stopped. I told you this after the game. I think he stopped stepping into throws after that one. Like he, oh, yeah, he started feeling some I pressure. Mean, when you when you make a true freshman throw fifty one times and you're not in the Big Twelve, you're probably <laughs> winning the football game. <laughs> Twenty eight nice for fifty one, like not great. I mean, not bad for fifty one throws though. But he was skipping them like he it was. Ooh. Oh, I mean, there I were mean, some that, bad throws. He hit three hundred nineteen yards, but seventy five. There were a few. On one play. Right, and there were a few that you know his that his wide receivers dropped. That yep, credit some that too. Credit to our defense though too for making them. I mean, there were a lot of plays that we had. We were there right as the ball arrived and broke up some. I mean, I think Daniel Patilli had two big pass breakups mm-hmm. where he broke them up at the receiver, not at the line or anything. Yep, and two big pass breakups. That you, you know those stats don't get read off when he wins the SEC. Did you mention the SEC award winners? I know you mentioned their stats. So did you mention the actual awards though? So. Uh, Juwan Jennings was SEC Offensive Player of the Week. Daniel Batuli was Defensive or SEC Defensive Offensive Player of the Week, and then uh, Brandon Kennedy was SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. That's awesome! It's the first time since nineteen ninety four that Tennessee's gotten both SEC Players of the Week. And we should have got special teams too. Oh, absolutely! Did, yeah, a hundred percent. Callaway should have got. Yeah, or Batuli. Yeah, give them both. They're like, why is Tennessee getting all these awards? We yeah. got to give it to somebody else. It's participation, man. <laughs> Um, you got anything else for you want to talk about the South Carolina game? Um, mention? No, I mean just total domination. I mean we we beat them in every facet of the game. Good old fashioned ass whooping. Yep, good old fashioned one. Love that, and we beat Muschamp. 
Yeah, we did. Suck on that, Muschamp. Now you like them apples. Absolutely. God. And it felt good watching him just pitch fits and stomp. He looks like a pimple. <laughs> like, he's always so red. I feel like he was trying to look like Phil Mickelson on the all-black, and I don't appreciate it. You're no Phil Mickelson, sir. Yeah, and South Carolina's jerseys are ugly. Really? You don't like them? I don't like their helmets. I like their jerseys. Or uniforms. I don't, I don't, I don't like, like their helmets. anything about it. They're just... <laughs> but... Fair, fair, fair. Um, Guys, we have some new friends to tell you about. We do. We're so excited to have Commercial Bank join us. Landon's going to tell you all about Commercial Bank. Yeah, so Commercial Bank is your neighborhood bank, and they're the leading financial institution with ser- with the services, capabilities, and resources of regional and national banks. Whether it's purchasing a home, saving for your child's future, or planning your next vacation, Commercial Bank is with you every step of the way to navigate life's big decisions. Life made better. Visit cbtn.com to learn more and find a branch near you. Guys, go check out Commercial Bank. You great people, great people, and they they're there for any any needs any needs that you need. Yep, they'll take care of you. Check them out at Commercial Bank. Like Landon said, he you know he read off cbtn.com. Whatever, whatever you need, they'll take care of you. Go yep. check them out. Recruiting, recruiting. So we we had. I, a, Sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. You're good. I was just, you know, I don't know how much you want to talk about this because we are going to have Matt yeah. Ray right. from Vol Recruiting Reports mm-hmm. on, who does a great job, and he's got a big question. He's got a, he's got questions about Harrison Bailey. He's got answers for questions about Harrison Bailey because you know we're going to talk about the BJ Ojolari. Is that how you say that? Ojolari, like, yeah, Ojolari. yeah, you got yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, we are going to talk about that decommitment and his teammate Harrison Bailey. So he he's got answers for that. He talked to Harrison. And, or Harrison's dad. Yep. Um, so, big recruiting weekend. Um, you had some official visits. Four-star defensive tackle Amari Thomas. Um, four-star defensive end Jay Hardy was on his official visit as well. Um, then you had three-star offensive guard Kyrie Miller. And then you had four-star junior college cornerback commit Art Green take his official visit. Um, and like you said, B.J. Ojolari flips his commitment to LSU following – um, his teammate, five-star athlete Eric Gilbert, um, committing last week sometime. Yeah. So we're gonna get Matt Ray on. Um, I guess we'll be right back. Yeah, we'll get him. And, real quick. Uh, we'll get him on and get your recruiting questions answered. Yeah, hang with us. Like I said, he's got answers about Harrison Bailey. Um, so hang with us. We'll get Matt Ray on the other side of this.
We're back with Matt Ray with Vol Recruiting Reports. Um, they also work directly with the Volunteer Roadshow. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, especially after that victory on Saturdays, we're uh, we're right on cloud nine. Feeling good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so, everybody is. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and especially, hopefully, it's recruiting also. Hopefully, hopefully we get some recruits here soon. Um, but I'll go ahead and start with, you know, it, it was a big recruiting weekend this weekend. Had a lot of official visits, um, especially those in-state guys like Amari Thomas and Jay Hardy. You know, how, how big was that um, to get them and some of these commits back on campus? Oh, absolutely. A very, very big weekend. Some of these guys saw Tennessee, you know, take a massive tumble to Georgia State. They saw them. You know, not win a couple of nationally televised games in Florida and Georgia, win a sloppy game over Mississippi State, but really saw Tennessee come out and, and dominate a South Carolina team that made a lot of headlines for for beating Georgia. So it was a big weekend to get those guys back on to, back on campus, Thomas and Hardy being the two that I feel like Tennessee made the most impact with over the weekend. You know, both of those guys had their family there, both of those – those guys are working towards a decision with Tennessee right in the mix. And, and Hardy's even set his commitment date now, but he, he will be back at Auburn this weekend before he decides something uh, next Wednesday. Yeah. So with, with Hardy, um, you, you know, is, is Auburn the, the biggest um, kind of threat to Tennessee there? Auburn's the biggest threat there to Tennessee right now. I feel like Coach Larry Knight at Georgia Tech um, was down to see him for the Knoxville Catholic game. They thought they had made a little bit of a move with him coming out of an official visit the weekend before. They were trying to keep their foot on the pedal. It's a, it's an institute there at Georgia Tech, you know, so Macaulay is a big premier high school nationally, so they're trying to use that appeal for Jay. I don't think that it was going to be enough in the long run. I didn't think it ever was going to be, but he definitely gave them a look. Georgia's always kind of been the, the outlier in this one. They've never really pushed. So it seems like it's going to come down to Auburn and Tennessee, and Auburn has quite a quite a bit of appeal up front for them. You know, the guys that they have on the defensive line, Derek Brown especially, um, he's got a good relationship there with, with the defensive coordinator. It's if you're really going to come down to a comfort level for Jay, and he's been telling us this since, you know, back in August, as he started moving nearer and nearer decision, it ultimately is going to come down to where he feels like home. And he's got a lot of people in his party that like Tennessee. It, it's going to take a big visit this weekend for Auburn to win out, but they could, you never know. They, mm-hmm. they're, they're an elite program right now. They need to replace guys up front like Tennessee does. So, there's some appeal, and when you get a guy like that on campus for a couple of days with family, especially in a place that's not too far from home, it's, it's likely that Auburn could at least make things interesting those last two or three days leading up to the decision. Absolutely. So hopefully that one goes Tennessee's way. We'll find out on November 6th. Um, you know, this, this class is all about the in-state guys pretty much. I mean, you have eight in-state guys already committed. Um and, and there's more on the board. So, you know, that Whitehaven trio that committed last week, you know, how big was that for um, this class as a whole? Oh, that was massive for several reasons. Tennessee flipped – I mean, essentially flips two guys from SEC West schools. Bryson Eason was pretty much a flip, regardless of how you want to look at it. 
and McDonald was a flip. And, or I'm sorry, Martavius French was pretty much a flip from Arkansas, and McDonald was, was a flip from Mississippi State, and then they won out for Eason. But, I mean, it's crazy to think that you can go to a school and take a Division One linebacking core in one class. But that's exactly what Tennessee did. They have prioritized Memphis, and they haven't let up. Coach David Johnson is a big reason for that. That's a guy that you're going to hear more from down the road in terms of recruiter of the year if Tennessee finishes the way that they think they can finish. But Jeremy Pruitt is big on that too right now. Jeremy Pruitt, the way he handled the situation with Jeremy Banks, going out to Whitehaven, showing how big of a priority those guys are, getting back involved with Marcus Henderson, keeping their foot on the gas with Omari Thomas, has made that city, and this is from folks around Whitehaven, Briarcrest, they have told us this repeatedly. Jeremy Pruitt has made Memphis feel like a part of the state of Tennessee again. And folks in Memphis are loyal, and you heard it from all three of those recruits that committed you know, that they wanted to show love back to Tennessee. They wanted to be loyal to Coach Pruitt, and, and that's what you get in return. And it could help them win some key battles down the stretch here. Yeah, I mean, props to, props to Jeremy Pruitt and David Johnson. David Johnson, a guy who when we hired him, I was like, that is the most underrated hire that Tennessee will get this season. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's living up to it. He's, you know, done a great job with the receivers last year and then the running backs this year, and now – um, he's recruiting his tail off and giving Niedemeyer a run for his money for recruiter of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy to think with how Tennessee could finish out down the stretch and then the way that they uh, have kind of played everything. They could have back-to-back recruiter of the years and not finish yeah. with – they're going to be close to a top-10 class if everything goes the way that it, it could, but not have top-10 classes and finish with a recruiter of the year and back-to-back years. So it's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. And – um, so a little bit on the on the bad news part. Tennessee got some tough news yesterday with BJ Ojolari flipping his commitment to LSU. You know what what was your insight on that, or maybe your take on that? So I think I talked with you guys about this before the last time I was on. Ojolari's commitment was one that I was heavily involved with. I've been to Marietta more than a handful of times since you know those guys emerged as top targets dating back to last november well before last november i was at a marietta hillgrove game uh, to see Jalen mccullough and harrison bailey and eric gilbert and bj ojalari and at the time um uh, kobe um kobe stewart was being targeted by tennessee a little bit but you know bj has always been a guy that's been easy to work with he's always been a pleasure to work with He's always been up front. The day that he let Chad Simmons from Rivals break the news that he was committing, I reached out. I heard back from BJ pretty late that night, and he said, you know, he wanted to do the commitment interview the the next day. So we did it, and it was we, we did it Tennessee-based, and that's the way it seemed it was going to go. And then all of a sudden, a lot of national media buzz came, and it was LSU, it was LSU, it was LSU. Well, I talked to BJ later in the week about two days prior to his commitment. I was traveling across the country, and LSU was – it really was LSU. But we we redone the commitment interview because things had changed so much because of Brian Niedermeyer. And, and that was more of a focal point of that interview. And 
LSU was always right there. If it, if it was Tennessee, it was 51-49, and it, it was kind of the same way. And I think at the time, Eric Gilbert might have been leaning a little bit Tennessee. Harrison was already there. Tennessee had prioritized him. It was close to home. B.J. was ready to have his recruitment over with. I mean, his his phone was getting blown up from every angle. It, it's not really a surprise, but it's a big blow to this class because he was the he was the guy as far as edge rushers are concerned. Right. So you mentioned that it's been right there with Tennessee and LSU the whole time. Is this commitment or is his recruiting completely over? Could you see another flip? I mean, LSU being a top team may get somebody. So you mentioned he's obviously the the premier edge rusher. Is this something though that's set in stone? Or are you going to wait until papers sign? How do you see it? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get back in. I don't think you can rule anything out right now. He's he BJ's a quiet kid, and you don't it, it you don't have to drag stuff out of him. But you can tell when something you know is is kind of eating at him, or he's having a hard time with something, and that's that's the vibe you get from him a lot of the time that you talk to him when when you look at his recruitment and I think LSU is where his heart is but now at the end of the day Georgia and Tennessee aren't going to relent and and Auburn isn't either it the decision's only going to get tougher for him and it could come back to finding that comfortable place close to home and and that could be Tennessee that could be Georgia that could be Auburn. I think all three of those schools right there still have a chance uh, to get in this. He he committed to Tennessee because he felt a comfort level with with Coach Niedermeyer and Coach Rumpf and Coach Pruitt, and, and he knew that he was up their board. Now, the thing that's going to interest me is Tennessee has to go back to work right away. They mm-hmm. can't focus on trying to flip him. They can't give all their effort to flipping him. They have to find somebody to replace him now. LSU's pretty deep in their class. All they're going to have to do is keep recruiting him. They, they they just can keep recruiting him, and they've got Eric Gilbert in his ear now. It's it's going to be a tough task, but I could see somebody coming in close to signing day and and pulling one off. If I was going to bet on that happening, though, I think it would be Georgia. Gotcha. So more on that kind of BJ front, but I guess Marietta, you went down and talked, or you you talked to Harrison Bailey and family today. Uh, you were you had an article about it. I'll let you explain some of that. He is he is Tennessee though. Oh, yeah. Um, so, went down on Wednesday, um, this past Wednesday, to the All-American Jersey presentation with Harrison. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a ceremony. It was it was actually the biggest ceremony in the Road to the Dome presentation tour, whatever you – you know, how everyone look at that. They had 11 guys that received their jersey um, that night. Talked to Harrison for a little bit and – at the time, Harrison said that he had known for a couple of weeks that he was done, that he it just ultimately came down to a belief in Coach Pruitt and what they wanted him to do and how they had prioritized him. Talked about what he saw from the offense. And, and the Mississippi State win was big for him. He got back on campus for that game. That helped, you know, lock some stuff in stone. Last night, heard from his dad after BJ committed because there was a lot of folks that were, you know, talking off the wall that Harrison was next, that, you know, we weren't going to hold on to anybody from Marietta. Heard from heard from Orville Bailey, and he just let me know, let this fan base know that there is no chance Harrison flips on his commitment, period. 
he loves Knoxville, and we believe it's the perfect place for him. And and he just wanted me to reiterate that he's not going anywhere. So that's kind of where that article came from. Ran it by him. I said, you know, let me get a few quotes from you. Run this article, and and that's what that's what we did. Um, but no, Harrison's pretty locked in right now. At the same at the same event, he told Rusty Mandel two four seven Sport to. I plug every chance I get as one of the best, if not the best, in the business. Um, he he told Rusty at the same event that he was done. So I, I don't think I don't I don't think we're going to have to worry about Harrison Bailey at this point right now. Family seems pretty firm. He seems pretty firm. Well, that, that's good to hear because he's. I mean, BJ Ojolari was a big part of this class, but I think Harrison Bailey is the class <laughs> right um you know in a, in a lot of tennessee's opinion because it is the most important position at at, at that quarterback position so um you know with, with this class i guess tennessee fans kind of want to know like who are some other commits in this class that could look at other places well, right now we've talked to a lot of guys we interviewed art green last night that's the junior college commit from hutchison you know, he, he's set in stone with his words. He's locked in with Tennessee. He may take a couple of visits, nothing planned. Not really looking to take any visits right now, especially with the way his season's going there on a pretty big tear. Cooper Mays is locked in with this class. Keyshawn Lawrence, he, he's been on some visits, but at the end of the day, you have a pretty good feeling that Keyshawn's locked in with this class. He got back up there this weekend and was recruiting hard, and he's never stopped. Um, mm-hmm. The Whitehaven trio – they're pretty well locked in. Um, Javante Spragans talked to him, and he he remains locked in. He hasn't had any schools come into the picture for him other than, you know, Illinois has always been there, and he, that's pretty close to home for him. But that offer was on the table before Tennessee, and he had his parents on the trip, and he fell in love at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, that was – that that was kind of the difference between him and Antonio Johnson. Antonio committed. I don't think he had any family with him on the trip, and they were like, he he had a little bit of a hard time balancing things out. But you know, Javantes, he's still in the class. The one that I'm trying to work on right now, we'll see this Friday, is James Robinson. He has re- reaffirmed his commitment two or three times, but we continue to hear a little bit that some schools are are trying to fight for him. Auburn and Texas A&M in particular and Texas A&M is really good at recruiting at recruiting that school right there in Carver as well so right now there's nobody that I want to say that BJ was probably the one that I felt was least attached to this class and you know right now I think I think that's probably going to ring true for most of these guys T Hodge he's not going anywhere um, Mordecai McDaniel, I think he's looking around, but it was big for him to get back on campus this weekend. Haven't been able to to get in touch with him, but I've talked to some folks around him. And then Darion Williamson, I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Season-ending knee injury. Was already communicating with Memphis a good bit. Hasn't made it back to campus in a little while. That That could end up being something that plays out down the stretch where, you know, both parties decide to go a different way. He decides to, you know, stay closer to home. It, that one, that one could get interesting, but we'll we'll see about that one. Well, that's that's good stuff. Um, you know, who are some guys that Tennessee fans haven't really heard much about that Tennessee is high on that that could end up in this class when it's all said and done? Uh, this class has been, you know, pretty well, 
pretty well cut and dry as far as who they've wanted, who they've went after. Marcus Henderson is a guy that came back into the picture pretty hard. Tennessee's trying to get an official visit out of him. Lanith Whitehead, he Tennessee would like to have him in this class. It seems like they're battling South Carolina, and they may lose that battle right now. Um, a name to know is Jamari Butler out of Alabama. Tennessee had him on campus. They offered. They made a big impression on him. He He's the guy that could could replace Ojolari as one of the edge rushers. They, they, for some reason right now, do not seem to be prioritizing Reggie Grimes. Not sure if it's a – if it's he, they don't think he fits in their scheme. I'm not sure what the deal is there because he qualifies everything academically. But it doesn't seem like they're making a strong, strong push for him. I could be wrong about that, though. And then another name at receiver to keep in mind is, is Kentron Portier um, from Miami Palmetto. He's a guy that Tennessee really likes. They went down, evaluated. They offered. They are trying to get him back to campus. They'll probably get an official visit from him pretty soon. But he's a six foot two, um, around 195, 200-pound receiver that can really – he can move. And, you know, look at Jawan Jennings, Marquez Callaway – they love these type of receivers, and, and that's what they're looking to add into this class. So Portier is a name to keep in mind going forward. But outside of that, there's not anybody that's really just kind of outlined that, that most folks don't know about. Yeah, and I mean, after the season is over with and it starts getting into December and, and January, you know, probably some names will pop back up because that's that's just how oh. everything goes. Classes fill out and everything like that. Um, I mean – you look at Jordan Young a couple of years back, Tennessee ultimately didn't win out on him, but you know, they found, they come across Jordan Young by reading his name in the all state um press release. So you know, they they're they're scouring trying to, to find quality players. They went to the all state team, they came across his kid, watched his film, saw his video game numbers and, and went and got him essentially until until Florida State, you know, got him on signing day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's going to be names come up between now and the early signing period, and then probably a couple come up between the early signing period and the late signing period. So 2021 class, we'll look into that a little bit. You know, who, who are some guys Tennessee could be in the mix for um, in, in that class? Um, I'm, I'm going to say right now Tennessee's going to try to stay in-state a little bit more in that class, but they're going to, they're going to be recruiting a little bit more on a national level too, um, kind of like last year's class, I think. They're going to try to pick and choose in-state. I think right now, for me personally, depending on how this situation plays out with the tight end, um, they've already got Elijah Howard, who is one of the best athletes in the state. I don't care what any of the ranking services say. This kid is – he's a Mr. Football caliber player. He, he's got – he has every move in the bag. He can play defender. He's got a little bit of a Jerry Judy dead leg. This kid's going to be special. Priority number one, I think, right now, early on from visits and the way that he's consistently came to camp, and it's it's the heavyweight battle that I think everybody's going to have. If Tennessee fans dial in on somebody early every year. You know, it was Darnell Wright. This year it was Eric Gilbert and Noah Sewell and Darnell Washington. Dylan Brooks is the name to remember in the 2021 20, class. Um guy from Hanley, Alabama, right on the Georgia line down there. He has been to campus several times. Tennessee has been on him since they got there, and, and they're not going to let up. Uh, Isaiah Johnson is is a five-star cornerback. 
from Bluefield, West Virginia. You're going to hear about both of those guys. Those are the two five stars that I kind of expect to see Tennessee make a strong push for, and, and they could land both of those guys if everything goes according to plan. Um, another guy is from up in Maryland, Des Moines Robinson. He, he's from the D.C. area. Tennessee's had him down to campus twice. He's rated as the number five player in the nation on ESPN. He, he's a freak defensive end, plays really well with his hand in the dirt. But he He's really good in space, too. They have a couple of those guys that they're really targeting in that class. You know, at, at running back, right now the plan is for Elijah Howard to play defense. At running back, Tennessee's going to have to hit on the elite back at some point. It's been a little while since it's happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking anything away from Eric Gray, but I'm talking, you know, one of the top-of-the-line guys coming out of high school, a, a big bruising back. There's a couple they can go get there, you know, Cody Brown and, uh, you know, Evan Pryor, he's not a bruising back, but Tennessee's in on him pretty heavily. And then in-state, you know, you've got the priorities of Eli Sutton, one of the top ten offensive tackles in the nation, Trey Curry, who's the number one player in the state and a, and a top ten athlete in the nation. And I think this kid's really high up the board. Is He's out in Savannah right below Memphis. Is, is Hudson Wolf. He's a tight end. Tennessee may not add a tight end to this class. If they do, it's not going to be any of the guys that they want. And Hudson Wolf's going to become a, a major priority then, and that's going to be a heavyweight battle with, with Clemson and – Alabama and Florida and Georgia involved. So that was going to be fun to watch. And Tennessee really likes him. He's a big frame tight end that can really play. Uh, we had a question on Periscope. We may have addressed it. Um, four-star wide receiver Jones Bell uh, was on campus this week. Committed to Alabama, I believe. Uh, any word yeah. on that? That was a question we had. As far as I have, I've had limited contact with him Tennessee's always been consistent it's always been about Niedermeyer it's always been about getting back to campus he he liked what he saw he liked Tennessee throwing the ball around but other than that I've had very limited contact with him I've actually been working to try to set something more up today but yeah Tennessee's going to have their hands full trying to flip him but Alabama's still trying to you know recruit at a higher level and they have guys that even though he's committed are higher on the board such as Rakim Jarrett and if, if they flip one of those guys, that could man, that could push um, Thaw Jones Bell right into Tennessee's hands ultimately. Yeah, so I mean, you know, th- this this could be a big class, and, and next next class is big. I mean, it's it looks like Tennessee, and it, it's crazy to think about how in state is um, really becoming the priority. You talked about David Johnson and Jeremy Pruitt doing a good job of making Memphis feel feel a part of the state of Tennessee. And I, th- I think that's huge. Um, so, so this week, you know, you, you guys will go out to different Friday night games. Um, where are you guys headed and what, what are y'all kind of working on um, here in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, so this week we're going to be, we're going to be kind of all over the place. Brandon is going to Memphis. I think the plan right now may be um, Briar Crest and Memphis University, which will be a, a big matchup of remaining lineman targets with Marcus Henderson and Omari Thomas squaring off against each other in a battle of two of the best teams around the city there. He may he may end up at Whitehaven, but right now the plan is to go down, see Omari and, and see Marcus and see what's going on with those guys. I'll be at Macaulay where they will host Innsworth. 
Um, you know, got Jay Hardy and Keyshawn Lawrence playing in that game. Got Andre Turrentine, uh, 2021 four-star defensive back at Innsworth. Got Isaiah Horton, a, a 2022 wide receiver at Innsworth, who is a guy that has a lot of untapped potential and is going to be a highly rated guy at some point during the recruiting cycle. Dale is heading to uh, Fort Payne, Alabama, where James Robinson is finally coming up from South Alabama. He's he's coming up to play in Fort Payne, which is about an hour uh, south southwest of Chattanooga, I guess, if I'm looking at the map right. And he'll be there to see James Robinson and see what's going on there. And then I don't know if we'll have anybody else anywhere, but we, we could have another another um, guy at the Knoxville Catholic game, just depending on how things go there. Gotcha. Well, Matt, we appreciate you coming on. It's always a pleasure talking recruiting with you. Um, we'll have to do it again soon. I'm sure y'all are going to be busy with, you know, early signing period coming up here in the next couple months. Um, so we appreciate you on. Wish you the best of luck and uh, and good luck. And, um, you know, th- this Friday, get get those recruits in for us, okay? All right. Yeah, guys, we appreciate it. Luckily for Tennessee, uh, it didn't turn to recruiting season early. They've still got some bowl hulks left out there. So um, that, that that puts our timeline back. So as always, you know where to get me at if you ever need me. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Have a good one, Matt. That was Matt Ray from Vol Recruiting Reports. Always good to have him on. Uh, does a great job covering uh, Vol Recruiting. You can find him at, uh, I believe it's just volunteerroadshow.com. They've recently changed um, kind of the umbrella they're working under. So I didn't write down that website, but I believe it's just volunteerroadshow.com. Um, either way, you can check them out at uh, underscore VR2 underscore Vol Recruiting Reports on Twitter, and they can definitely get you in the right direction uh, in terms of where to go. We appreciate having him on. Um, got to talk a lot of uh, – we had a lot of questions, got got a lot of those answered. Um, definitely, definitely good to get that. Going to kind of jump back backwards to the South Carolina game real quick. We do have some fan reactions. We had two people leave us voicemails this week. Um, Going to play those real quick. A uh, couple – Couple guys that were you could tell were feeling good. <laughs> Got to teach them how to get some excitement out. They were they weren't exactly using um, using their excitement. Uh, but uh, we'll play those for you. I think we only got one name in these. But here you go. Yo, what's up, guys? I just wanted to you know talk about how the Vols did tonight. I think you know the team overall finally showed that they want to they want to win. They finally showed that you know they are playing with heart. I think JG, you know, after having like a whole, you know, I feel like he had like a hold on him mentally. And today he just went out there slinging until he got hurt. You know, it was good seeing both quarterbacks that aren't even our starting quarterbacks be able to lead a team that went out there and competed with like Georgia and beat Georgia in overtime. So, you know, it's promising. I mean, if you just think about if our team would have played this well together and clicked earlier, like what else or how different it could be. But, I mean, I'm glad the seniors and Jawan and Marquez were able to have a big game. I think it, like, really lights a spark under everybody. The O-line looked amazing. The defense looked amazing. You know, I was just impressed all around, and hopefully we can keep this going and try to win out the rest of the season and get into a decent bowl game. Go Vols. Absolutely. 100% with him. Go Vols. Go Vols. He, I mean, he kind of mentioned what you said, the seniors. Seniors playing well. So Senior we, not, baby. Yeah, and we got, I think it's Braun, maybe. I don't remember. Got stuck in traffic. Let us voicemail. Leave us your voicemails when you're on your way home. It's great. <laughs> it's a great time to talk. Hands free? I mean, hey, what's up, guys? We'll this is Chris. Uh, Chris. So I kind of just left the game, so I'm kind of driving around now. I'm in traffic. 
<laughs> so I'm trying to just say what I can, you know. Um, sorry, somebody's just texting me. Um, so, man, you don't know how good it felt telling South Carolina Bob, just telling them to leave and stuff. Like, man, y'all had to be there. Like, that atmosphere was crazy. I mean, who would have known? I mean, like, it just looked like it was going so downhill from the from the penalties. Like, the, just the, the BS penalties. It, I mean, really, it, it was crazy. I mean, I mean, like, what can you do, though? I mean, well, anyway, thank you, God. Absolutely. Love it. Speechless was – he was pretty close to speechless. Had some words for speechless, but that's kind of how everybody felt even the game. We talked about it. You felt down uh, there in the first quarter, first half maybe, and uh, they came out I wouldn't out say responded. down. Not down, but like, you know, it was I mean, like, we were losing at halftime. Like I said, it, it, I don't necessarily blame you for checking out because, you know, we talked about we've been a Vol fan long enough. We know how it goes. But uh, you had some penalties go against you. You had some plays go against you. They responded. We're good. We're here. Yeah. We're win. We're like Matt just mentioned. We're chasing bowl eligibility right now, and it's a it's a real possibility in the in the you know in the you know looking ahead. So it's definitely looking there. Uh, leave us your fan reactions. Um, we Landon tweets out that number. Do you have the number right now? I do. So it's eight six five two five seven nine five three nine. If you want to call right now, do it. Two five seven. Nine five three nine. Call right now if you want. No, don't call right now. Call when we get off. I'll play it on Thursday. Yeah, there you well, go. So we're here on Monday. UT's got it, their first exhibition basketball game, and Thompson will be there. So we'll be back on Thursday, by the way. I'll remind you at the end of the show. But you can leave us a voicemail after the exhibition if you'd like. Whatever. Um, we're here to buy fans for fans. Exactly. We're one of you all. Exactly. Um, college football recap. Let's, let's look at that real quick. Um, couple of interesting scores. Couple of people proving me wrong. Couple of people proving me right. Don't know how I feel about that. Did you bet on Huh? Did you bet? I didn't bet any. I'm just, you know, the way we okay. talking. Okay, okay. Um, SMU beating Houston. What about Dana Holgerson going to Houston and just getting absolutely ran through by every team that shows up? Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> uh, Alabama-Arkansas. We're not Arkansas. Feels good to not be Arkansas. We're not. We're not Arkansas. What about Mac like... Jones? 18 for 22. Three touchdowns. Does he play when two comes back? I'm just kidding. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, that was that's a different person that we saw against Tennessee. Well, because that Tennessee front seven wore him out. Yeah, it didn't, he didn't want any more of that. No. Uh, the Auburn LSU He got laid game. on for the last time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, Auburn LSU. Did Coach O almost coach LSU out of that game? Not kicking that field goal? Did it scare you a little bit? Damn near. Damn, damn near. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you guys got an apology. Speaking of damn near, you got an apology from uh, – Oh, Austin on, yeah, on Saturday. He gave, so. gave you an apology. <laughs> uh, but LSU <laughs> going up to number one with a 23-20 win over number nine Auburn. Nine? Seven? Seven. I can't read my own handwriting. Yeah. Number seven at the time that they beat them. Sorry. That was a good game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was – everybody was – we were at the game, so we didn't really get to watch it that much. But no. We got to keep up with it. Yeah, it was a good game. Um, I, think, I think Auburn Auburn is a really good team. You know, I think yeah, I, I think Matt I said that they are they are a, a, an elite program. I think is is the exact words you said. But I, I agree with that. I think they they are, and it's crazy that we beat them last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. We beat them again. <laughs> we'll do it again in Alabama. But um, team that proved me wrong, Wisconsin, just God, getting waxed by Ohio world. State. I was really hoping they they'd hang on, but that's eh. that's our fault. It is. We, we, we should not be rooting for another team. That's stupid. Yep. Um, but somebody that did get the upset, and it's the wrong Kansas that gave them fits. Kansas State. 
which I didn't say Kansas would beat Oklahoma. Don't mishear me. I just thought Les Miles might give an Oklahoma team some fits. Yep. Um, but Kansas State, which uh, Chris Kleeman, is that you say his name? He used to coach at North Dakota State. Oh, yeah. Now at Kansas State. Getting the win over number five, Oklahoma. Um, and and you know, that wasn't an easy win either. Oklahoma kind of tore back there for a second, and Kansas State was able to hold on. 48-41 over number five, Oklahoma. And you see there – assuming all these playoff teams that are still undefeated. You know, a few of them will obviously lose. LSU or Alabama will be at least a one-loss team. Penn State, Ohio State will at least be a one-loss team. Um, but there's still some playoff teams there that are going to be undefeated. I think and, I think Oklahoma kind of put them, like, they're going to have to win out and other people are going to have to lose. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. your playoff hopes are probably dead. Yeah, because those – And Florida could be a one-loss. defense is trash. Florida could potentially be a one-loss – I doubt it, but a one-loss conference champion. Like, yeah. that's possible. Yeah. So – um, and I think a one-loss SEC champion would trump a one. I think a one-loss Big Ten team trumps Oklahoma. trumps Big Twelve. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Depends on who they lose to, I guess. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but uh, I think Penn State and Ohio State gets in over Oklahoma. On I, I, I mean, agree. they are because they're undefeated, but right. if they're one, one loss, loss yes. Yeah. Penn State beat Michigan State twenty-eight to seven. Where did that Penn State team go that was scoring? I guess they got shut down pretty early. I, I need to really watch a full Penn State game. I haven't watched a full game yet. I haven't either. And, yeah, I, I would like to because I think this team is for real. Yeah. They play Minnesota undefeated this week. Is it Penn State, Minnesota? Yeah, that sounds right because uh, Minis- yeah, Minnesota is one of the fails of the college. week. Yeah. Yeah, you get that one? Yeah. Uh, then Michigan, man. Proving me right about Notre Dame falling apart. <laughs> 45-14 just, man, let the, took the Catholics out of church and out back and wore them out. Yeah. Wore them out. Made them pick their own switch, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about Oregon getting a game-winning field goal over Washington State? I'm glad we steer clear of Michael Leach, man. Pay 12 sucks. Uh, Texas getting beat pretty good by TCU. TCU I told somebody had some to take ugly that. uniforms. You see those? No. They had red in it. Huh? They had red in it. TCU? Yeah. They wear those every year because the Horn Frog has like red eyes or something like that. Oh, I can't it remember. looks hideous. Yeah, it is. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, but Texas was a one point underdog and I told, I told somebody to take Texas. I thought they'd at least, I thought they might win. I didn't know they'd get beat by 10, 37, 27 TCU. I did write the Minnesota score down just because they are undefeated. They are undefeated. They are undefeated. You got to at least respect that a little bit Mm -hmm. to an extent. I mean, we've seen their schedule though. They beat Maryland 52 to 10. We'll see how real they are this year. Exactly. Or this week. This week. Yeah. And then uh, (laughs) I got a game out of the East, uh, SEC East. Kentucky, 27. Missouri, 7. What's happening to Barry Odom and Kelly Bryant and Derek Dooley? Was it 29-7? 29. Did I write it down? I can't read my own handwriting. I thought it was 29-7. to 29-7? to 7? Maybe. Can't read my own handwriting. But yeah. What? I don't know, man. I mean, it, it was in a freaking rainstorm, but still. Kentucky had to play in it, too? <laughs> yeah. That's my joke I've had, I've had about that. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And, and apparently, Kelly Bryant's had some hamstring issues, so. Not apparently. He has. I just didn't think they would hang around, linger this long. Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. is an athlete. Yeah. He's solid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't know how Kentucky gets these players. <laughs> I guess we just miss out on them. And they pick up They pick up the scraps? Yeah. Yeah. We got some new, more new friends to tell you about. I'm so excited about. Yeah. About new friends. I love new friends. New friends. And this one is a relief. It is we, a relief. We all need this kind of friend. That's our new friends at Manscaped. Guys, listen to this story. So I, I, I need to do some trimming. You know, the hedges need to trim. <laughs> and 
It took me about two hours because I mean it, it's hard to get two in those, hours. It it's hard to get in those areas that are sensitive. You know the 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 test. But two hours. The testies. I guess I, you really did need this friend. I, you needed this. Friend. Well, so, I want to get, but you're nervous. You're nervous through the whole you process. Shake a little bit. Yeah. You, okay. So every hair is key. Exactly. Guys, check our new friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts it's it i've used it beautiful it is beautiful it is awesome and you know what else i've used you're gonna get to it i am yes don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls that is disgusting that's a big mistake rookie mistake yeah that's how you get herbs (laughs) maybe (laughs) <laughs> well, that's how you get herpes to your face, maybe. I, yeah, I think yeah. you, if you have herpes, you have herpes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it stays. Yeah, you get it. Manscaped also has the crop preserver. I like that. That's I good. Um, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's You put deodorant on your pits. Why not put it on the, the smelliest part of your body? You're, your looking at a, you're looking at a man who knows the power of gold bond. Oh yeah, you check. Now, check out the power of Manscaped. Caleb's got some thick thighs. He chafes. I, I chafe. He's like, I'm, a, I'm a walker. I'll walk anywhere. Yeah. So you, you put it on your armpits, put it on your balls, the smelliest part in your body. Now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Be good to the mansticles. Yeah. Is that is that your own word? Yeah. Wow. Mansticles. I think only men have testicles. So I don't think it means <laughs> That's a true. word. But, uh, but, but you, you, you hear like breasticles, so mansticles. Okay. Whatever. I'm fine, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. I just, I'll allow it. Okay. Guys, check out Manscaped. I just made that up yeah, on the spot. Absolutely. Please don't ever use that. I'll never use it again. <laughs> <laughs> go, go check out Armchair. Or Armchair, excuse me. Go check out Manscaped. Use promo card Armchair. Uh, they've been great friends to us, and we're excited to continue our partnership with them. Like I've said, I've used um, the electric trimmer so far and the ball deodorant, and they're great. They're friendly. I'm smelling good. I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. Hey. Yeah. Mansicle. <laughs> <laughs> my lady's going to be happy. Let's just say Okay. That. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Manscaped. Thanks yeah. to my good friends at Manscaped. Use it. 20% off free shipping. You aren't going to get a better deal than that. Check out Manscaped. And you won't be scared to shave your balls. Absolutely. Never, ever again. There's never another worry. It's good. No. Moving into our segments. This time around, we've got most important and fail. I feel like I've got a lot, so I may need to run through some of mine. I've got my first one. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, did you see the guy dressed? I didn't even get what school. Dressed up as Forrest Gump for Halloween. Yeah. And I, I don't even know where he hit the ball to, but he takes off running to first base and runs exactly like Forrest Gump. Very <laughs> impressive. Yeah. He had to practice that a lot. Yeah, that was good. Runs pass first, pass the outfield wall, and I he jumps over the out, or jumps over like the foul wall. Mm-hmm. And runs around the outfield wall, and I assume keeps running. That you gotta sell it if you're gonna dress like me. You gotta sell. That's it. the I important. Like that. That's the important people. Important part. A lot of people miss about Halloween costumes. When you dress up, you have to sell the costume. Yeah, and be that person. Like I dressed up as Damien uh, from Mean Girls, and when did you do that for uh, Casino Night? <laughs> okay. So I dressed up as as Damien, and somebody was like. What is that? And I was like, you don't even work here. Like, you have to sell it. You do. You so, do. I like that. You, that's you, good. You, you got to sell. That, that's selling. That's 
That's going all out. Absolutely. I loved it. I was... <laughs> you're going to be wore out after that. <laughs> you are. Um, so my, my first one is Vince Carter. Um, checked in for the first time in his 22nd NBA season. That's the most by any player in NBA history. Vince Carter. I can't remember. I saw something about how like, someone ran a timeline about how old they were when Vince Carter had these different accomplishments. It was wild. It was yeah. awesome. Uh, my next one is a uh, per, the Purdue punter. Did you see his punt? I didn't. I'll have to I'll have to pull it up here in a second. Um, an absolutely incredible punt. I think it looks ugly at first and rolls perfectly to the one yard line, hits the pylon, and goes out of bounds. Oh nice! So like at the one centimeter line. Wow. Yeah, it was an incredible punt. I'll see if I can That's see if I can find it while you're you're going through that. So my next one is the Cubs hiring David Ross as their next manager. Is that a most important or a fail? I don't know how I feel about it. I like David Ross. I'm I like say David most Ross, important. too. It's just like... I mean, he's going to be a player's coach. You fired a Gotta World be. Series winning coach. I agree. That's a fail on that. <laughs> most important, David Ross, because I like David Ross. I, I'm with you. Like, I like it, but I'm like, I, I just... The trade-off you made, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see. I'm, looking, I'm trying to look this up. Uh, my next one's Khalil McKenzie Jr. You didn't know you'd be hearing about him again, did you? Tweeted uh, Saturday night, can't wait to coach up little white kids named Juwan in 10 to 15 years at Tennessee football camps. Damn near might tear me tear me up. Yeah, Love it. Love it, Khalil. By the way, my kid's name is going to be Jennings. He's way so too white I to have, be Juwan. I have one added on to that. So a lady tweeted at him and said, I already know of one Jennings named after him, but she's a girl. Also, her dad is a Georgia fan and didn't realize why her mama named her that until after the birth certificate was signed. I remember when that story came out. I loved it. It might have been. We might have already read that off at the podcast because I remember eating it up. That's awesome. Absolutely. Power move. Absolutely. Um, Also, that guy's a (laughs) dumbass. My next one. Baseball. Baseball's fun again. Baseball's a lot of fun again. (laughs) I saw that. Titties at the World Series, baby. Yeah. You got a lot of people tuned in to the World Series that wouldn't normally tune into the World Series. And then they kicked him out for life. So I guess it's not fun again. Make baseball fun again. (laughs) that's all I'm saying make it funny I also have the guy right behind home plate Tennessee Tennessee stuff on that's awesome they're everywhere we're everywhere hey I've got a dual most important fail are you done with most important so I can segue this Um, or you got got any more most important no I'm good go ahead you're good Uh, so this is my segue so it's a most important for Jawan Jennings and Jeremy Pruitt and a fail for all the people who said that he shouldn't come back so, Jerry Pruitt today at this press conference said, I didn't know anything about Juwan Jennings when I got the job. There were details about what all happened here. I asked a lot of people in the building what they thought, and most of them who said, I wouldn't let him come back, they don't work here anymore. If you come at the king, you best not miss. Power move. I mean, I love that. I love, I mean, he has done, he is the reason you give people second chances. Guys like him. Oh, yeah, look at it. Worked out. Worked out nicely. I'm glad, I'm glad we chose, uh, Juwan Jennings over Brady Hoke. That was a great trade. Right. We won the trade. I remember arguing with someone. I was like, Brady Hoke's going to be the enter when we fire Butch Jones. That's why I really don't care when we fire Butch Jones. And they're like, no, he's not. And I was like, yes, he is. He's on our staff and he's a head coach. Like, he's been a head coach. Yep. Brady Hoke. I was like, it's easy. Like, that was an easy guess. I didn't have to try. And we sucked with him, too. So, it, it, it really sucked. Where's he even at? He's a defensive line coach. Is he coaching somewhere. right now? Yeah, it's a, like a small school. He's like a defensive line coach. Interesting. I didn't know anything. that. Sucks. <laughs> um, my fellow of the week is Minnesota. So they mm. tweeted a letter to ESPN College Game Day wanting them to cover their game um, 
against Penn State this week. And I don't hate on that, but I do hate on their undefeated resume. <laughs> San Diego State, Fresno State, Georgia Southern, Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland. And the first part, San Diego State was by a touchdown. Fresno State was by three. Georgia Southern by three. Purdue by seven. Yeah, Not great. Easy on that one. Yeah. Ugh. Not great. No, not great at all. Um, you got any, any more fails? I do. So, Scott Frost. <laughs> says, I got this one, too. I'll, I'm going to piggyback this one because okay. I did have it written down. So, he, he doesn't want his players who wear hoodies in the cold as he wears a hoodie while he's indoors. Uh-oh. That's not a good look. Not great. Not great. Not great at all. I've got a uh, – I'm going to show the punt real quick. I guess you can't see it. I won't show Oh, did you see Texas Tech? No. What is it? So, I think they – either they block a field goal or, or they pick up a fumble or something, and then the guy who picks it up fumbles. Oh, So, they it's miss – the field goal was blocked. They pick it up. They fumble. And yeah. they were – the team who kicked the field goal recovered it. So they got to kick again. Oh, I did see they that. They lost. He like tossed. Yeah, that was so bad. <laughs> that was terrible. How do you even like? I know. Yeah. So it was a fumble. It wasn't. It wasn't. They like tried to. They blocked the kick, and then fumbled it. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. That was so bad. <laughs> that was terrible, man. Just terrible. So yeah, anything else? College game is going to Memphis. Yeah, what about that? That's weird. Who are they playing again? SMU. That'll be a good game. Yeah, that'll be a good game. You know it'll be a really good game. Not really. Tennessee. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Tennessee versus UAB. <laughs> hopefully ten and a half point us. favorites. Yep. Ten and a half point favorites. Guys, thank you all so much for listening. It was great having Matt Ray from Vol Recruiting Reports on. It was great talking USC. We're moving on to UAB. We've got um, Vol Basketball's first exhibition game. Uh, Wednesday night. Who are they playing again? I don't even know. Eastern Michigan? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. I don't even think it's Eastern Michigan. It's somebody below that. It's like Northeastern Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> so, something know. along those lines. Um, really East, excited to get in Thompson Bowling Arena and watch them for the, the first time playing someone else. Uh, that's that's going to be fun. Really excited for this basketball season. So, we will be doing our next episode and we'll preview UAB. Um, we'll recap some, some uh, basketball. Baseball also. Doing their fall scrimmage at fall is it fall world series? Yep. Uh, this started week, today. first one started today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got if you're if you're around campus uh, in the afternoon, check out those times. You may be able to make it out. It's free for the public. Just, you can walk right on in and enjoy some baseball. Um, so if you're over there, yeah, check those times on Vol Baseball. Uh, you may be able to watch a little bit of that. Uh, make sure you all check out the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, um, or even on YouTube where there's podcasts, more important issues, Twitter. More underscore issues, Facebook, more important issues. We're there. Come find us. Absolutely. And that's all we got. Go Vols. We're bringing the boat in, and we out. Up in horsey heaven, here's a thing. You trade your legs for angels away. Once we've all said goodbye, 
Right. 